James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. James Shremko, welcome back to the ocean, and ain't it sweet? It's a lovely ocean. It's a lovely it's ocean. It's be back live too. Yeah, face to face. Last yep. show was via Skype. And yep. technical uh, challenges abound. There'll just be a little bit more warmth here, James, as if we're sitting on each other's lap. But we're not. Hey, yeah, uh, no, exactly. <laughs> absolutely. No, 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 there's, uh, there's metres separating us. Hey, welcome back, listeners, to Freedom Ocean. Uh, it's a podcast about internet marketing where I've got a million questions and James has got a million dollars thanks to immersing himself in the world of internet marketing over, over many years. James, I just thought it would be worth reminding our listeners, if they are new, and we've got a lot of new listeners. The reason I know that is because we get uh, lots of downloads of the show at an increasing rate, lots of people signing up at freedomocean.com, um, and we constantly are rating high on iTunes. So welcome to all the new listeners. And this show is what we would call an evergreen show, isn't it? Evergreen, as in... It will be around for a while. Well, it will be around for a while, and also the content that we have previously covered will continue to be relevant for weeks, months, years ahead. And if you are a new-time listener, um, let's just look back at some of the things we've covered. Last show, we went deep on membership sites. Uh, the one before that, we had a really good look at what a starter's pack of search engine optimization tactics would include. Uh, we went behind the scenes of Freedom Ocean on another show and showed, well not show, talked about how we brought this baby to life, how we got it off the runway. Or how, what, what do you do when you launch a ship? Uh, birth it. I don't know. <laughs> That's when you park it. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But clearly we don't know. We're not sailors. No. We're just people who like freedom. I prefer to use <laughs> other people's ships. Correct. Um, gee, we've covered other product creation, episode five. One of my favourites. Did love. It was interesting when we did product creation because when I used to think about internet marketing, I just thought it was about product creation. I'll go and build websites and create compelling, engaging information and via various product means and away we go. Seems to come in, in ways depending where people jump in onto the internet marketing bandwagon, if you like. Sometimes the craze is information products. Yep. And then it's search engine optimization. Or affiliates or... Affiliate marketing. Local business marketing was huge. Uh, so there's all these trends that, that get pushed to the top. Yep. And uh, like sheep, everyone else jumps on it. And that's when a lot of people are introduced into that yeah, whole concept. True. And I think the overwhelming uh, carrot for people is that uh, they're looking for a, a less hard work uh, outlet for their activities that gives them a high profit. Yeah, and that and that's uh, that surrounds. A, there's a bit of a myth around that with internet marketing, the whole lifestyle thing. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up time and time again. Time and time again. Yep. So well, that is. I mean, that's what brings us all together. Is that wish for um, a business and a lifestyle that is you know less demanding on maybe what the traditional types of businesses require. It seems to be the common link. Well, and the funny thing is, it's in every other business and every other part of our life, but some people can't draw a comparison. Mm. An example is the amount of weight loss tablets out in the marketplace. You would think with the amount of weight loss tablets and ab crunches and all the rest of it, that 99% of the world's population would be thin and toned, but sadly they're not. Probably I think half of the adult population <laughs> yep. is overweight. Yep. So we know what the attractive outcome is and we still consume it, but not everybody's living their reality in any part of life. Mm. So we got talking, uh, interesting, this, this show in our pre-production pre of this show, uh, we were going to head that down... That sounds the, very professional. It does, it does. <laughs> well, we could have called it you know, a bit of planning over coffee, which is really what it was, but we were going to talk about copy, C-O-P-Y, not coffee. Uh, and um, we, we probably will, and I think there's definitely, um, well, we get a lot of feedback via Facebook and the show notes about wanting people wanting us to talk about copy, but you sort of suggested we maybe pull back on that and talk about sales because 
and I wish I'd written down what that, what you'd said, but it was basically, you know, if you're if you're no good at selling, and some people, this is going to hurt, you know, some people don't want to hear this, and we've we have touched on it before, but do you want to finish that quote? If you're no good at selling, well, if you, if you can't sell, then you're not going to be make a lot of profit with your online business or your offline business. You're probably going to struggle in relationships and especially in a job, hard to get promotions. Really, I think the, the, the money out there in business and in life, the rewards are going to the better salespeople. Almost all of the top marketers that I can think of right now are excellent at selling. That's how they became top marketers. That is the fundamental skill. And when you were talking about copy before, I, I even jokingly asked you, do you mean agency copy or... <laughs> you know, like direct response copy because copy means different things to different people. Yeah, it does. I think in the old ad land, copy is someone who writes the words on the brochures and the pages. And then there's that whole copywriting uh, from a sales perspective when, that came from the direct response world where you, you're selling with words. Mm. It's just selling. It's salesmanship in print. Somebody mentioned, I can't remember the no name of the person, but it's, uh, it's all, it relates to getting your message out there and having people take the action that is going to be best for you and for them. There's a great, uh, there's a great quote from a very uh, long, decades ago, an ad man, I think it might have been, um, what's his name, Burnback, someone Burnback uh, from the, the big advertising agency BBDO. Or it might even have been um, the guy from, um, goodness me, Ogilvy, David Ogilvy. But, and it, I'm sure he would have been referring to print advertising or print copy, but he said advertising is what you do when you can't go see someone. And I, you know, if I was to drill that down, it's probably like writing great copy is what you do when you can't go see someone. Because in an ideal world, you'd pick up your bags and you'd go and visit every prospect face-to-face -face and sell to them, and in a much more engaging human way. And whereas great copy sort of replaces that, because obviously we can't go and visit everyone. Yeah, well, and, and beyond copies, now we have a lot of these other mediums that aren't just text, so for example, videos. We're using a lot more video or even audio, audio? Uh, to sell. So I think it's a bigger topic than just copy. Really, what this episode might focus on is uh, how do you actually get a message from one to many, because that's really the whole point of it. You know, face-to-face -face sales is number one in terms of conversion ratio. If you if you were to sell one-to-one, -one, which is what I used to do when I sold vehicles, you'll get high conversions. When you sell uh, through a one-to-many medium, it might drop off the conversions, but you're speaking to that many people, it doesn't matter. I've spoken at live events where there's 600 people in the audience, and I've had 100 of them buy something. So that's considered fairly leveraged when you can say the same message to 600 people at the same time and 100 of them will buy. That's pretty good. But what if you have a website where you can have 50,000 people view it and 2,000 of them buy, which mm. is what happened to me in the last few months. That is even better leverage. And the best thing is you don't even have to be there. So I guess we could probably talk about some of the processes or, or thoughts I have around how you go about making that happen. Mm, I, I think that's important because it is, it's, and you know, particularly in the online world, it's about holding people. You know, if you, if you have got Google Analytics attached to your website and you can see what the bounce rate is, I mean, great copy, or great video, great copy, great audio, whatever it is, you know, it's about getting that bounce rate down so that you're holding people's attention and people being able to read, you know, if it is sales copy, then short paragraph leading into another short paragraph leading into another. Each time, almost, you, you, I think it was Gary Helbert in one of his newsletters taught me that, which was just, you know, to be the ability to, I, I can't, we, we're getting into tactics here, but he talked about a particular little copywriting tactic, which was about holding people at the end of a paragraph, so that they almost had to read the next paragraph. Well, I think that's uh, Joe Sugarman's method. Is it? The headline sells the, the sub-headline, which sells the first paragraph, and so on. I'm pretty sure it was him. And, um, you know, I've read most of the books from all the people. I, I'm not one of those copywriting nuts who can quote you every copywriter and every... You know, there's a lot of artists and mm. writers who yep. get off on all that stuff. Yep. I don't care about all that stuff. I just consume the information. I get the idea behind it. 
uh, like that Claude Hopkins thing, the scientific advertising, where you, you know, if you can't measure advertising, don't do it. So that eliminates 90% of those ad agencies. Yeah. It's one of the attractions for the internet thing is you can measure. Uh, before I picked you up today at the airport, I got my split test results back for a test that was running on one of my sales pages. And I was testing three separate things and one of them was more effective than the other two. So the test came up with a winner and now I'm using a more effective sales page than what I had yesterday. And so everyone that visits the page from today on is giving me an increased conversion ratio compared to what I had before. And I love that about the internet. It's so measurable and specific. What were you testing? Headlines or testing actual copy? I was testing two separate headlines against no headline. And no headline beat the other two headlines. Really? So that could mean that my other two headlines suck. Uh, but in this case, no headline increased the conversion of the product because I imagine being on a predominantly video page, it just forces people to click play. There's really nothing else to do except click play or leave the page. I've noticed, in fact, uh, yeah, you've got a couple of products where it's predominantly video. We're going to digress here, but um, I think it's worthwhile doing because... I think I've we're well on topic. Be are we? Yeah, because, I mean, I, who sits there writing... 30, sale, well, 30, I guess, what, 30 what, page sales pages these days. Yeah, true. Well, okay, let's, the, if the, topic, to. the topic's sales. But uh, it's, it's sales is taking a visitor and turning them into a buyer. Isn't, is that your understanding of it? Yeah, spot on. Right. I, in fact, I think I've explained my understanding of what sales is, but it's the process of change from one situation to a better alternative situation. So in the case of someone coming to one of my websites, I want them to buy uh, if it's going to make them better off. If they're better off, they'll make a purchasing decision of their own accord. So I use less pressure than other people, but I don't need to rely on hype and I don't need to rely on manipulation and pressure to the same extent as other marketers because I've got good value products and I have other devices that I'm able to use to help people arrive at the point where they know that it's a good decision to move forward. And in some cases, it's how they got to the page in the first place that is one of the crucial differences. They'll be pre-sold before they even get there. How? They've come through one of my other media channels. Okay. They've come from my Facebook page where they know me. Blog? They've come from my okay. email list where we have a relationship. They'll come from an affiliate partner who has done some pre-selling on their page. So a lot of the traffic that comes to my site is warm traffic. And my warm traffic conversions uh, double-digit conversions, which is unusual. I think, uh, for example, the Freedom Ocean audience is a double-digit conversion on my sales page because they already have a relationship with us. Mm. They know me, and they come from a podcast where we deliver massive value. Uh, we talk about products. When they go to the products, they tend to convert at a very high rate compared to cold traffic from the internet. And I guess, you know, up front now, if, if anyone listening wants to see um, this process at work, then go to the products page of freedomotion.com and you're going to see it at, at work. What I was going to ask you about uh, was that those video-only pages that you have, um, I find that interesting. I mean, video is great because it's very personal and engaging, um, but people have got to make the decision, oh, you know what, I will click this, and whether some people are going, oh, I don't have time to watch this video, or I don't want to download 100 meg of video and all that type of stuff. Um, wh what are you finding in terms of less copy and just video? Well, I'm multivariate testing it. I've right. been testing letting them download it versus not download it. I've been testing giving them uh, the PDF version of all the sales videos in transcription format with pictures and I've been testing having no options but just to watch the videos. One thing I've also tested is not forcing an opt-in and giving them full player control so they can stop, start, see how long it goes for in advance and move through up to four videos for nearly two hours worth of content without any manipulation devices, without any email follow-up. And I've got some crazy stats coming back that, that have blown me away. And it was a massive risk to try it because most people would be greedy and they'd say, well, I'm going to get 50,000 visits to my site. 
I'll put a name squeeze up, I'll build a list of 25,000 subscribers if I could convert half of them and then I'll hammer that list until I end up with my three or 4,000, you know, 5,000 um, potential end customers and then I'll remarket to the people who don't buy, I'll just keep promoting and promoting and promoting until they buy or die. That's the uh, ethos <laughs> in our industry. I don't care about that. I only care about the buyers. I want the buyers. The rest of them can come and visit and then go away. And the fact is they're going to keep bumping into my product over and over again because they'll keep seeing it everywhere that I am. And that's if they're not being followed around the internet with my AdWords ads or my Facebook banners. Uh, but the average traffic to my site now, more than half of it have already been to my site before. And I've got an average visit time of 17 minutes to my sales page, which is unheard of. I mean, most people will click away straight away and never come back, but not with my marketing, because I'm putting more effort into the pre-marketing, and that is an essential differentiation. And I'm also making the product as evergreen as possible. I'm not going for the one-time launch. I'm going for, you're going to probably buy this product at some point. If you don't want to buy it today, that's fine. Just have a look. Come back another time. There's no pressure to buy. You know how um, you say the average um, hold time on your site, site is 17 minutes. How does Google Analytics or any other analytics know? Because like, what if I go to a site and it's, I stay on that page and then go and grab a coffee and that's the page that I'm on. Is it, is it about um, mouse movement or how, how do they know that you're still no, I think actively that would probably count as, an op as a visit. But you'd have to say, no matter what, no matter what is actually happening, it's probably reasonably standard across the majority of visits. Right. So it's average, just average out. Yeah. So even if you take, you know, even if X amount of visitors on a standard basis go and get coffee and leave a page open, still some of my other sites I might have the average visit of two minutes. So it, I'm just saying that it's a way of comparing one site to another. Yep. Because okay. all things being equal, it's probably averages out. Let's get back on topic. So sales, sales copy, yep. holding, engaging people. What do you, uh, what, 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 what do you, where do you start with this topic really? Because it's just, it's so important. It's so it's important. A, it's to a huge topic and I think, let's just start with the fact that to arrive at, at a distilled formula or template or, or method of doing this, you're probably going to have a journey of consuming and understanding a lot about this. It's a topic you can't learn too much about. Uh, I have a bookshelf stuffed full of marketing and sales and psychology and inf every type of book you can imagine from influence, persuasion, hypnosis, NLP, uh, all the Seth Godin type books, the Dan Kennedy books, every copywriter that ever yep. lived and walked the planet. I've, I've got as many books as I can find on the subject. And a lot of them are saying the same things over and over again. Uh, and, and it always comes down to a basic thing of grabbing attention or being engaging enough when people arrive, relating to them uh, and understanding their problem, being able to help them translate that, um, give them a few comparisons and some facts and build your authority and, and um, offer some outcomes that are attractive for them. Um, and then you've got to tell them what to do, like ask them to buy and then try and uh, reduce the amount of risk that they're taking if you can, you know, with, whether you're doing that via proof or, um, or some sort of guarantee, you know, people like Jay Abraham really go into these topics on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. who's, who's, um, you mentioned a few writers there, who would you put right up there as people that are really worth um, investigating? Yeah. Seth Godin, Jay Abraham, Dan Kennedy, Claude Hopkins. You mentioned Seth Godin in, t in context of a writer or as a marketing person that really engages people? No, I don't care about the writing side of it at all. I couldn't care less about it. I'm not a book author or, or a, a writer. I don't get into that whole thing. Some of the really good writers like David Deutsch have amazing material. So I just read it and try and get what they're getting, getting to, but it's all too academic for me. I know lots of really poor copywriters, which fascinates me. They struggle, they're running around like blue-ass flies, always working for clients and deadlines and putting out, you know, putting out their 
great copy that goes off to direct response companies and makes millions for other people, but they market themselves so poorly. I, I find that really I'd interesting. I'd love to put a challenge out right now, uh, and this challenge will obviously be out there now for however long these podcasts <laughs> are out, but if there are great, if there are writers out there listening who really think they are, I, I, I'm just going to say strong sales-oriented writers, then please contact us via Facebook or um, what email address are we using at the moment? Is it, is it questions at freedomotion.com? Oh, actually, no, just go to, go to contact on freedomotion.com and, and contact us through the inquiry form there. Uh, because I, I, they are few and far between, James. I, I've met many writers in my 23, 24 years in marketing communications. I think many of them are beautiful writers, but beauty doesn't sell always. You know, they're, they're real craftsmen. They really, um, in fact, some are, I, I've even said to the odd writer, you know, if you want to go, if you want to write, you know, for art, you know, then become an author, go and write a, you know, a book. Um, I'm, I find very few writers that are just really um, strong in the sale, in the world of sales. Well, I've found some who have been quite good uh, influences. I've been fortunate enough to, to know, I personally know people like John Carlton and Bond Halbert and uh, David Deutsch and Harlan Kilstein. Um, Harlan's got a philosophy, he says you should write one for the customer and one for you. I think that's a great thing for any writer to start doing. Start building your own sales messages and, and make your own products. John's thing is, he says that there's no better copywriter than you for your own product. Mm. And I pretty much stick to that one. When you think about it, the, the best marketers in most industries are able to talk copy, are able to write their own sales things or get close to it before they have to outsource it. I, fi I find it, I'm going through this process at the moment. In fact, the writer I use, I think, may well listen to this show. Uh, and it's for... Um, a mastermind group that I'm putting together and it's a product I really want to get to market but it's taking me a while to get it to market but I briefed the writer got some beautiful copy back um, I've now taken that copy and it gave me the inspiration to then reword it and get the copyright I've spent hours rewording that copy and I'm you know I'm 90% there but that last 10% is just so important to me and I can't get over that hump and I'm not sure that the answer is to send it back to my writer to fix because but exactly what you said, it is like the best writer of your copy is yourself. But it's just like, and, and also because it's just so important, I feel as though if I get it wrong, then the whole thing's just going to not take off, which is not true because the sales process for this mastermind group I'm putting together is not just reliant on the website copy. But gee, you can spend some time on it, and I'd hate to think our listeners are all sitting out there right now thinking, you know, are you saying that you've got to be a great writer, a great writer no, of sales I'm copy? Saying to I'm, I'm not a great writer. I'm not a great copywriter. I'm, I've just got a, a basic understanding of salesmanship, and I warm up my audience enough that I don't have to hit them over the head or force them to make a decision. So I get away with a lot of sales for someone who can't really write copy. I, I don't sit there writing sales copy. I don't do it at all. I'd rather make a slideshow in Keynote using a template that I have and I can put together a sales letter in, in about an hour on a slideshow and be ready to record it. In fact, it's so formulaic now that I've given it to my team. I've actually just put down my thoughts lined it up into a structure, giving it to my team, and they make sales videos now. Without so, now let me understand me. that. So are you saying you use Keynote in order to plan the writing of a sales letter, or is your sales letter it's a, sales a, video. a, a deck of slides yeah. with audio? Yeah, and it's, it's been a is that, is that right? I just want to be clear yeah, on that. Because that's, that's right. Yeah. And I use that from stage. I use it from webinars. I use it for sales letters on, online. It's the same basic formula mm -hmm. and I have sold millions of dollars using that formula and this is the best part I gave it to my mastermind students as a draft 
and some of them have gone off, used it to sell workshops and uh, one of them just had a sold out workshop in a non-internet marketing niche mm -hmm. using the template. He sent me a testimonial, he said it was amazing. It basically takes people from not knowing anything about it at all to just following the bouncing ball. And I know that that sounds too simplistic and it is too simplistic. I think it's the bare minimum that people should have, but I can give it to my team members in a foreign country who don't speak English as their first language and they can make sales videos that sell using this. And we use it for affiliate websites, we use it to sell services, and they even record over it with their own voice. With the and James, at, at, right at this point in time, I can just hear a couple of listeners who have picked up their iPods and are screaming down not the speaker down the screen saying, "Give me the template." <laughs> well, well, that that will uh, that will appear uh, on our products page in months to come. It's not available just yet. But do you just want to whet the appetite of of the listeners to um, some of the component parts of sure of that? Yep. Uh, well, just a, a, a short story about how it came about. I've, I'm constantly putting out new sales pages for events, masterminds forums, whatever, so I decided to template it for myself, because that, that's how almost all my products start, it's for me. And I've been using this formula casually for the last couple of years, and I decided to document it for myself at the end of last year. So I put it into a keynote slideshow as like, you know, step, step, step. So I could literally book a plane to London, hop on the plane, and in business class, I can put together, it'll take me about five or six hours to make an amazing 90-minute live presentation using this formula. What if we were in economy? Would it take a bit longer? I don't use a computer in economy. <laughs> you, generally, you won't get a charger. Correct. Premium economy is about the minimum where Correct. you get a, a power supply. Yeah. And it's such a miserable trip. You're better off just to watch movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can do it in your hotel room the night before if you need to. Okay. But anyway, I, I needed something for myself because I like to do things at the last minute while I'm fresh and thinking about yeah, just I, that I thing. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I want, if it's I'm a, presenting to a, a, an audience, I want to get into the mindset of the audience just prior... I want to case the room if I can in the morning and then I want to prepare the last parts of the, the slide, not because I don't respect them or, or respect their time or, or haven't prepared because I'm lazy. Quite, quite the opposite. It's because I care so much about them that I want it to be relevant and real and fresh. So I'll get into that mind space and the last time I did a live presentation I used my templates and the, the people said that they were mesmerized or spellbound and, and I think you saw that presentation yep, too. Yeah, I did. So that, that was using the template. It is, for, for, most, for, most, um, for the most part, it's invisible. You wouldn't know that I'm using a template because it's all natural once you, make, once you personalize it and make it your own. So some of the elements of it, uh, firstly, it comes from the approach that we're making a chocolate-coated carrot, chocolate carrot. And this is an expression that I've come up with. I, I was very frustrated with people who want to buy things that are no good for them and will kill their chances of success, but they just go nuts for them. They're always up there. You see those sexy sales letters that yep. promise you... Uh, a subject line I saw the other day, it was $160,000 in 1.4 minutes. And I'm like, okay, the market that sends that is a douchebag, mm -hmm. but the person who believes it... Double douchebag. Sad, that's just sad that people fall for that. Uh, because you know it's not right. I mean, why would the person spend the 1.4 minutes writing an email well, instead of just making 160,000? And, and you know, it's those, it's those headlines and it's those approaches to marketing that I actually think limit the audience that listen to Freedom Ocean. And that, that disappoints me because I think there's a lot of people out there who may see this, oh, Freedom Ocean, you know, an internet training podcast or an internet business podcast or whatever it is and quickly push it aside because it's another one of those million bucks in 1.4 minute type shows. We know, well, it's not, but they, I think that's really sad and gee, they, they really taint the industry with a very large brush. It's amazing how much, to the extent like uh, I, I get some incredibly hostile support tickets and unsubscribes from people yeah. um, who have been just so burnt and, and eaten yeah. up by other marketers that they want to attack you before they even ask yeah. you anything. So it's quite fascinating. But anyway, 
my frustration was that people, for some reason, are attracted to the wrong thing. It's like it's just like candy. Uh, it's like they really they just want to eat chocolate. If, they, if it was up to them, they would eat chocolate for three meals a day, and then they'll die of malnutrition because they're not getting any vegetables or meat or protein. So what I come up with this chocolate-coated carrot. I'll put a little bit of what they're attracted to on the outside to get them interested, but I'll give them what they need. As soon as they bite through that chocolate, they're getting the carrot, which is good for them. So I've tried to incorporate some exciting elements to the, the package, but it's actually good for them and it's going to help them. So my last product was like that. It was really amazing quality information that will help people. So I've had to put some elements on the wrapper that make it interesting enough for people it, to buy. It, it's the classic um, marketing concept of give them what they want and not what they need. Yep. Because if you give them what they need up front, which is the carrot, it's very boring. It's very boring, and people go, oh, "I don't like the veggies," and they'll go off looking for chocolate. So, but yeah, I love that. I love yep. it. you give them give them what they want up front, but then very quickly switch to what switch. they need. Yeah, yep. and then you've got a customer for life. Yeah, because they, they appreciate it. And, and I should point out, I switched to the carrot before the purchase button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's not a uh, bait and switch. It's just, uh, it's just the very, very, I think, uh, who was it? Somebody uh, called it the monkey's fist. And uh, it, it was, uh, oh, so was that very famous copywriter. What's the, what's the concept behind Probably the monkey's the fist? You know those big boats that come into the, the dock and they have those huge ropes yeah. Um, like if they threw that over the side, they'd kill the guy down below. <laughs> so they get this little brass ball and tie it to string. Oh, right. And that's called a monkey's fist. And they throw that over first, and the guy catches the, the ball. He's killed by the pulls, monkey's fist instead. He pulls the little string, and that turns into the thick rope. Right. And uh, I really want to credit the guy that came up with it because he was an awesome writer. Well, if you keep uh, telling us about some of the structure of this wonderful template, it'll come to you. <laughs> Yeah, um, so anyway, the, uh, just use it as a monkey's fist to get to get the thing going, and then then you go to the thick rope, which is the carrot. Yep. Uh, always think about the target person in mind. Who who really is the right person for this product? Because that's this whole short sales letter, long sales letter thing that's been around forever. People say, oh, people will get bored. They won't read the long letter. Wah wah wah. But you're only after a certain person, and everyone else can get lost because they're not the right person for the offer. So be clear about who it's for in the first place. And whether you use the Evan Pagan method of having an avatar or whatever, think about, you can picture who the perfect customer is and you can frame yourself around that. So that's one of the elements. Just on that, just so we're really clear there, is the, the, the Evan Pagan method of avatar is uh, not the film, is the actual concept of actually uh, picturing in your mind as an avatar, your perfect customer and what they look like, what they think, yep. what problem do they have, what's their view on the category in which you're selling, all these questions that take you far beyond a demographic kind of, oh, they're 18-year-old males to something much more emotional and meaningful that if you get it, it's like you're getting inside their head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next. Uh, by the way, it was Gary Bensavinga. There it is. Who I was wanting to credit. Probably the best ever. Mikey's fist, man. The only guy that Gary Halbert gave any sort of threat towards. Wow. <laughs> you know, like he was, he's, okay. he's, he's the best. Okay. Um, okay, so moving on, we've, we've got the avatar. And well before I ever heard of that concept, I was always doing that anyway, thinking about trying to place yourself in the customer's shoes. I think uh, Zig Ziglar or someone talks about that. Walk a mile in a man's sh man shoes. Uh, you basically hone in on where someone's at right now. So if, you, if, you're, if you're marketing a um, fat loss pill, then you hone in on the fat person. Where, what frustrations are they feeling right now? How, how is it when they're lumbering out but, you know, onto the aeroplane and they have to take up three seats and like really relating to them right? And that's how you get attention or curiosity or whatever. So you come up with uh, themes and, and and thinking and stories around that right now. You know, sick and tired of taking up three seats on the aeroplane or mm. never wish you could stretch your leg and not hit the seat in front of you, that sort of stuff. So that Head nodding questions. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, so I work on, you know, 
who is this for? We really start to zoom in on who it's for. We, we try and grab that attention and get some curiosity. And then you've got to make it, you've got to actually connect why this is actually important for them. I think this sort of comes from Mark Joyner's uh, formula. But, you know, why is this important for somebody? What, what's, what's in it for them? Um, why, why should they care less? How are you going to overcome the so what? You know, you've really got to make this relevant for them. Because as soon as they're not, they're away. They're switched off. That's what I think one of my friends said, be very careful about asking a question in your headline. Because if the answer's not the same, <laughs> you've lost See you later. there. Yep. Uh, we go through there into... I just want to understand yeah. that, that last one a bit more. So you've, you're, you've got some head nodding questions happening. And then you're launching into explaining why what you have for them is important to them. Yeah. So give an example of that. In well, I say you've got a very, very large person and they yep. don't fit in a plane. Um, then you could talk about how, um, you know, there's, there's been a new way of traveling that, that allows large people comfort space or, or um, you know, that there's, there's a new supplement that will allow them to halve their body size within a month and so that they can travel in comfort or whatever. Like, it's basically getting, getting them interested in the outcome making them a, a stakeholder in whatever okay. the effort is. Gotcha. Uh, you've got to have the hook. John Carlton talks about the hook mm. in detail. His simple writing system is probably the best systemized yeah, I agree. thing that I've seen. I agree. We'll put, a, we'll put a link in the show notes to John's... Um, He's got a number of different products, but um, and even if he's got a lot of them <laughs> under other authors' names too, I think he's he? probably the well, he's the widest ripped off copyright. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> they don't pay royalties. Well, I just I take it. I tell you what, from my experience, and, and I've got John's product, the Simple Writing System, and I also, um, but even if you were to just sign up to his series of e to his e email response, you know, thing, the first ten tips that you get are bloody good. Yeah, they really he's, are. He's, he's been around. He worked with Gary Halbert and Jay Abraham. He's a grumpy old bugger. Yeah. Well, he likes to pretend he is. <laughs> okay. He's actually a soft muscle. Soft underneath. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yep, he, he's got a good system. So he, he develops the hook well. But that's really the thing that, that, that makes it all work. Um, I think he describes it that he learned from Gary Halbert. If, if people aren't interested in the, where, they, where can they get it, when you talk about the hook, uh, then it's not good enough. So what's an example of a hook? Uh, the hook would be, yes, yeah, this is where I'm not one of those copywriting technical yeah. things. The hook is the thing that, 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 that gets them in. That's yeah. the one-legged golfer who can, who can shave yards off their yeah. golf swing. Yeah. Or off, how off how could you not want it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like the, really? Tell me more. Yeah, so that's the hook. So you've got to get the, the hook got to make it a pretty attractive thing. So whatever it is, uh, whatever it is that you're selling, you want to make it, frame it in a way that makes people very compelled. See, with freedom motion, the hook is that you might actually be able to escape that horrid job one day and, and run your own business and have a better lifestyle. So when we put freedom in the name, we were talking about lifestyle. And I think it, was, it really was around that. How do you get out of this prison cell of work and start doing things on your own terms? Uh, so that's our hook. Mm -hmm. and, and, often, and often the hook's benefit. And we, any great copywriter will talk about benefit, benefit, benefit. And yeah, well, you'd have to talk to a great copywriter about that. <laughs> well, you know, I can, um, my learnings from that is that, you know, as business owners, we so often want to just go with the, the features. You know, we've got this and this and this. When, when you list a feature, there's a nice little tip that I got, and I don't know who it was from, um, but it is, you know, like um, the feature of, um, a feature of Freedom Ocean is that we put out a weekly podcast about, inter about some aspect of internet marketing, yeah, which is kind of like neither here nor there. But the benefit is, you know, we put out a weekly podcast about some aspect of internet marketing, which means that you'll get to your dream business quicker. And it's that those two words, which means, that turn a feature into a benefit. Just a nice little, it's almost like a tool. Just two words, which means. And all of a sudden you've got a, be a benefit. And we love benefits because it's about them or it's about us as, you know, customers 
what's in it for me. The what's in it for me. Correct. These are pretty good. Uh, you don't want to give the, um, the whole template away, James, because I know that um, it is something that will appear on the Freedom Ocean products page down the track. But I can already see where that's going. I mean, you, you really, you build, you, from the moment, like as you say, you've entered that room to get a sense of who, who's your audience. It's relevant you're building to the right a story. person. It's, yeah, so even though we've, we've covered maybe a third of it at best, we, we've got the right person paying attention to the message and they're interested in more. That's really the, the, the good foundation. And then it just goes on to, to um, basically the point where you tell them what to do. Yep. Don't forget that bit. That's the, the most call important. to action. Yeah, do this now or yep. blah, blah, blah. Whatever you want them to do, whether it's opt-in or buy something, you must tell them clearly what to do. Extraordinarily, uh, and in fact, and a great example of that is in the emails that we send out to people who register at freedomotion.com to receive an update on or an alert that there's a new show out. And the second paragraph says, I mean, can't think of the exact words here, but it says um, go to episode 12, then we have a little bit more copy, and maybe a paragraph or two at the most, and then it says click here to go to episode 12. Uh, and they're the calls to action, that's what we want people to do, we want people to click on that to go to our website to download the episode. and For their own benefit. For their own benefit, and the rest of the copy is exactly explaining that. Um, and it's amazing with the call to action. You think, oh, people know what to do. Well, they won't. Make it crystal clear. Be overt and, you know, silly about And you can ask in different ways, which we, we asked yeah. about three different ways. I think we even carried in the PS. We do, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, um, go to episode 12, click here to go to episode 12, PS. This is where you get the transcription. <laughs> this is where you get the transcription. And, and that's why our click-through rate is quite good. Our click-through rate is phenomenal. Our click-through rate um, exceeds 100% often, which means that lots of people are opening it up more than once, uh, and everyone's opening it up at least once, which is fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, but that's interesting. The call to action is, is something that often, often we forget. In fact, driving to the airport this morning, uh, I still look at billboards. I can't help myself, an old advertising guy, you know. And I look at a billboard on the way to the airport knowing that that billboard right there, that I'm driving, I won't say what the brand was, but it's a big brand right there, it would be about 40 to 50 grand a month to have that pleasure of that space on that freeway. And I know the, the marketing manager, it's all about branding, but there was no call to action at all. There wasn't a website or a phone number. What I will say was it was for it was for a tyre company, and I would have thought, you know what, I'm driving to the airport, I'm going, oh yeah, my tyres do need replacing. What a great opportunity to get on the phone, and I just find it amazing. Even you know, media where the cost of the placement is so high, surely, surely you'd want someone to pick the phone up or get online and actually act on the message. I don't really get that whole airport tyre thing. Well, wouldn't half the people be from another country and then they're in a bus or a taxi uh, or a hire No, well, it wasn't actually at the airport. It was on the way to the airport. Uh, okay. But still. Um, they're good, mate. I, I can exactly see how you can build up a really so the, compelling here's story. My, here's really my uh, homework. Here for, we go. For the audience. All right. Is work out a formula that, that you're happy with and just make yourself a little template. It could be 10 lines on a Word doc. It's just a little prompt or a cheat sheet or a checklist. I've got my one. You should have your own one. Um, but uh, if, you know, if you knew nothing else, just remember that you're really zooming in on the customer and their problem and you're there to solve it and show them why your solution is clearly the best thing and tell them how they can take advantage of it. That, that's the bottom line. We could wrap it up there, but I'm not going to because it, it's a question that came to me while you were talking before, which is this concept of the long sales letter, which is almost like um, it's inherent in internet marketing. Seeing less of them, or maybe I've just unsubscribed to every internet marketer that chooses to write them. Now, what you said before is, for 90% of the people that see that long sales letter on that sales page, they're going to click off, but then the marketer themselves only wants the 10% that are going to stay. But boy, oh boy, over the time of subscribing to lots of different things, 
have I seen some long, long, long sales letters with bolded, yellow, highlighted copy and arrows pointing and flashing and boy, you know, I've, um, I, I don't know if I've bought too many. So, even when I have bought from them, I've just skimmed down and gone, oh, well, yep. I think anyone who's been around the internet marketing spaces over that style of cheesy red headline bolded you think, you think it, but it's, I, it's over? Not the long sales letter. I mean, go to Amazon.com. Have a look how long those pages are. Um, well, Amazon, well, I think it's a little bit different. Amazon, uh, they are long pages, but they're, they're kind of, I don't see them as sales letters. Oh, come on. They're huh? long and it's... But you've got excerpts from the book. You have got... Yeah, you've um, got uh, other people who bought that book, that like book. this book. These are the most But that's common. not a sales letter. That's, that's a sales page. I think there's a difference. You know what I'm talking about from... It's a long, sa it's a long sales page. Dear friend... Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's down the same to process. They're, they're trying to take that, the inquiry and turn it into an order. Yep. Like you didn't buy the book here, so now we're going to say what other books people bought. Now we're going to say here are the notes from the book, and then down here is like three other books that are similar. And then down there is like if you didn't buy any of that, then try. Like it really just goes on and on and on. Well, I, what I do like about Amazon, and I've never thought of it as a sales letter, and maybe that's what I love about it, is because you know what? They're actually feeding me information that I actually really like. I like the fact that, oh, so people, bought, people who bought this book actually went and bought this, this and this, and I, I don't know, it seems relevant to me, whereas the long sales letter just seems a little bit disrespectful. It is disrespectful, same as forcing people to give you their name up front with no content is disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So back to the question of the long sales letter with the yellow highlights and the red arrows and everything, there's still a role for it? I don't think so. I think that went out in the 80s with the Ferrari Testarossa. <laughs> but whenever that was around, it's, it's, that's just cheesy. Right. I'm over it. I think most yep. of our audience are over it. Okay. I think the, the more modern approach now, now is the... Sorry for the tautology there. The, the modern approach is, is uh, an optimised press page with a nice 16 by 9 aspect video. That's mm -hmm. a more modern approach. Mm -hmm. You've got okay, to well, a lot of engage our listeners... and entertain and put high quality design and message together. Yep. So a lot of our listeners won't know what an optimised press page is. Now, optimised press is a WordPress theme. Yep. Uh, that is, is a beautifully structured theme, which basically allows for... Yeah, but you can just go and drop in a video and, and it, it will play it for you. If you drop in a .m4v format video, it will play on a Windows or on an Apple Man, you are device. geeking it out. Well, you a know. A .m4v. I've been listening to the, the business podcast. <laughs> ah, there is a very good small business marketing podcast that I could put you on to, which uh, we very rarely go into that technical, technical speak. <laughs> Tell me, it'd be, it's bigger than that. Optimised press, uh, is, yes, it allows... What's the structure of it? It's headline, okay. the video. The, the history of this, the history of it is the guy that made that product, James Dyson, not the vacuum cleaner guy, is a graphic designer. And he did all the graphic designs for a lot of the big businesses that were doing 10 or more million dollars a year in sales. And he took all the winning split tests and graphic design elements from that and put them into a template. And all you do as an optimized press user is you put in you just add in your video and you, you select the arrows you want or the call to action you want and you put in your name capture list that you want. And we're using Optimize Press for all of our sales pages. It doesn't get any easier than that. Mm. Yeah, and the Graphic Grab is an Optimize Press site. It, it's interesting that um, he was a graphic designer because that makes a lot of sense. I didn't, I didn't know James was a graphic designer. But That's he, how he started. He, he knows how people's, um, where people's eyes go to and the flow of the message. Yeah, he's a, like a genius designer. Uh, about five years ago, he met an up-and-coming internet marketer who took him under his wing and coached him in how to build a real business around it. Um, that internet marketer invited him to a live event where he spoke as an expert and uh, the crowd wanted a package all pre-done and that internet marketer suggested he turn it into optimised press, Brilliant. which is an incredibly successful business. And James Dyson is also going to be speaking at 
my next live event. He is. He is, and that is a good place to finish because, um, well, depending on when people listen to this, um, if they go to freedomotion.com, um, they will see the odd banner promoting uh, an upcoming live event that James is running uh, in what month of this year? 2011? October. October. On the Sunshine Coast. Where else? It's not a Freedom Ocean event, but what a great place. It's a good holiday play. A lot of it people is. are taking it whole family. Absolutely. But if you are listening to this after the event, then you should grab the recordings. Yep, very true. So go to freedomotion.com and click on, on the products page. Um, but if it is before then, um, uh, you amaze me at how many people had pre-registered, at least registered their interest in coming. Um, so we expect to see quite a lot of people there and um, looking forward to that, big time. Might, see, might meet a few listeners. I think you will. Hey? You might even get some stage time. Oh, You're I don't know about that. Guest appearance. You know, I don't like talking. <laughs> 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 hey, James, that's it, mate. Episode uh, 12. I reckon we'll put that one down to being complete. Um, going forward, um, we're going to be talking outsourcing, which I know everyone wants to hear uh, a little bit more about, learn a little bit more about. We have got a listener questions, questions show coming up. I have got so many questions from so many different sources, uh, it's not funny. So, in fact, there'll be more than one listener question show coming up. And we have got a whole lot of other topics to cover, list building and even talking about, you know what we haven't done, which is kind of surprising, but we'll do a show coming up on the website. Hey, imagine that. Right. <laughs> you know, internet marketing, and websites. Yeah. Funny stuff. So... All right, guys, that is it for another episode of Freedom Motion. James, been an absolute pleasure. Uh, what are you off to do now, mate? I'm going to probably go and uh, try my hand at making a decent coffee. It's a work in progress. <laughs> I might join you for that. All right, guys. And remember to leave comments. Leave comments and go and join us on Facebook at um, likefreedomotion.com because um, there's a real community building up there. There is. Good might people. might go check the comments. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. <laughs>